Happy Saturday to everybody. Welcome to another episode of Sideline Junkies. I got my man KG with me today and the Don. What's going on, fellas? What's up? What's up? It feels great to be back. It absolutely does. Uh, I wasn't able to take part in the last episode where we started the uh, the uh, top 25 wrestlers of all time, the all wrestling show first ever on Sideline Junkies. But I'm here here to hear the most in, the anticipated list of all time, which is the Don's top 10 wrestlers of all time. So uh, this episode, we're going to go into a recap of the last wrestling show, which was the top tag, top 10 tag teams of all time, the top five stables, and the uh, top 11 through 20, 25 wrestlers that we did last show. So I'm going to hand it over to KG, give us a recap. And then um, today we're going to try to dig into the uh, top 10 women wrestlers of all time. And of course, one through 10 of the top wrestlers of all time. The sound about right, KG? That's about right, brother. Hey, before we go, I just hey Don, yeah. I want I want to let these people know the level, the depth of information, wrestling information that they're getting from y'all. Bear with me for a second, okay? This is the level of information you get. Imagine that you go to the CIA building and you got a sign in, check in. They do a light search. All right, then you go down this, you go down this long hall. You get to the hallway, they do a hand scan. You get into another room, elevator goes down. You go to another long hallway, and then you get to another door, they got to do a retina scan. You go in that room, it's another hallway. All right? You get down there, they got to do a, 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 a saliva, saliva hair sample right there on the spot. You finally get to the last room, and it's a seven-foot German woman ready to do a cavity search. Okay, this right here is the level of information. This is the this is top secret classified stuff. Okay, I need a. This this is what y'all get. This ring is after that. Quality information. <laughs> <laughs> serious booking right there. <laughs> I'm telling you, Man. baby. I'm telling you. KG, take it over. Baby. All right. Uh, let's just do a recap. Top ten tag teams. Number ten, Rock and Roll Express. Mm-hmm. Number nine, Legion of Doom, Road Warriors. Of course, I had my problems with it, but the Don always makes you feel really, really good when you have a problem with something. He, he, he lets you know, you know, I'm right, but you're not wrong, but I'm right. So he made me feel good about that. Number eight, the Midnight Express. Mm-hmm. Number seven, the Colos. Number six, rated RKO. Number five, the Rockers. Number four, the New Day. Who? The New Day. <laughs> I love them. Number three, the Usos. Number two, the Heart Foundation. Yep. And it, number one tag team of all time, rated by the Don, on and Tully Blanchard, on Anderson and Tully Blanchard. I'm the 4-H, the horseman, all day long, gentlemen, all day long. Can't go wrong. All right, top five stables. The Heart Foundation. Mm-hmm. 
LAX at number four. <laughs> Kicking it with the click at number three. Those uh, aforementioned four horsemen at number two. And number one stable of all time, NWO. Now, I wanted to ask the Don about this one. When you say NWO, are we talking black and white? Are we talking red and black? Or are we talking NWO as a whole? We talking, uh, I guess what you could call NWO proper, the original trio of Hogan, Hall, and Ash. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I, I have to agree with him, man. The, what they did and the pull they generated as far as um, TV ratings, the anticipation of seeing uh, Scott Hall sitting ringside trying to figure out who's the next mm-hmm. man Who's the third man? That that whole lead up, and then you 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 looking at Bash at the beach and Hogan change colors, and you're just sitting there. I had to sit there in in shock for at least a good yep. twenty minutes. So I, I definitely agree with that one. Glad we got that BJ stamp of approval. That's, uh, that's, that's <laughs> a big thing. Putting a uh, uh, Hogan Hall and Nash uh, NWO proper over, which you know a lot of people argue is the greatest stable of all time being a four horseman but you know that criteria component of impact on the world and pop culture i mean you know the the horsemen beat people in and out of the horsemen you know and stuff like that i was that was a thing you know to get stomped by the horsemen but you know for what uh the nwo did from you know the shock in the system and really people not understanding the difference that wwe was taped you know, uh, Nitro was live for real and not just, you know, we're saying we're live, but, you know, they were really live and everything was happening. Um, that was a huge moment right there. And then to take that and then it broke out into, you know, the mainstream media and everything else, you know, and, you know, the fact that Hogan came out to Jimi Hendrix. I mean, you know, I can't hear that and not think Hogan anymore. You know, real Americans Absolutely. is big, but, Absolutely. you know, you hear, I'm waiting for an NWO moment to come out, you know. <laughs> It's funny you say that because Voodoo Child is one of my favorite Jimi Hendrix songs. And that's Voodoo Child's Slight Return. Mm-hmm. That's basically the remix of the original Voodoo Child. And that is one of my favorite Jimi Hendrix songs. And that I didn't wasn't a WCW, really big WCW fan at that time, but when I heard that, I instantly had to watch Nitro because I wanted to hear, I just had to hear it. And see him come out, and he came out with the feather boa and, you know, the black and white. I mean, it was just – it was exciting all the way across the board. The air, the air guitar and the NWO championship belt. I mean, you, you waiting for all of that. When you hear that song, you could, you could replay in your head a million times interests he's done where – I mean, the, the one Monday Nitro pull up in the black limo, mm-hmm. uh, that was probably one of the best ones of all time. Yep. You know, that, you know, just that anticipation and then you hear that song, you're like, hold on. That's that's badass. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's officially stated. Not only that, but you got to give uh, credit where credit is due to Eric Bischoff, because not only did he have that vision to, you know, to get the license and all that stuff for that song and Hogan, you know, he was a, he's a Hendrix fan. There's no question. He said it multiple times. But then the lead up to even that was Michael Buffer. You know, you go from hearing him, let's get ready to rumble. I mean, just that whole moment, you know it's about to go down. It don't really matter about what the finish of the match is. That's the best part right there because you're just so hyped. 
And if you had the pleasure of being in the arena at that point, you know, for just a, a house show or, or a nitro or, you know, a pay-per-view and, you know, that was happening, that was a big deal, man. I mean, the, the, everybody was on their seats, you know, the, the pop or, or the heat factor was just through the roof. Absolutely. Love it. All right. Now, top 25 wrestlers here is 11 through 25. Let's start from 25. Number 25, Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Speaking of interesting. <laughs> One of the greatest entrances ever. Uh, number 24, Triple H. Mm-hmm. Now, when he did the King, the King of Kings entrance, and he was played down to the ring by Motorhead, I think that's the Huge. only thing that could rival Hogan's entrance. And that's just because because uh, Hendrix wasn't alive. But yeah, well, yeah, that's sure, true. Eric Bischoff would have booked Jimmy for that. <laughs> uh, Twenty three is the Hardys, the Dudleys, and Edge and Christian. Mm-hmm. Twenty two, Justin Liger. 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 Justin Thunder Liger. Yep. I, I never pronounce his right his name right. I, I for years I watched him wrestle, still can't pronounce the name right. <laughs> so please forgive me. Number twenty one, the Ultimate Warrior. Mm-hmm. Number twenty, Ray Mysterio, Mister Six One Nine himself. Just got to meet him a couple days ago, actually in uh, Indianapolis. He's a really cool, dude. Are you cool. serious? Cool. Yeah. Oh man, I just thought it was uh, between him or, or Doctor J. Uh, but both lines were long, but there was a, a little spot to sneak in for uh, Ray Mysterio. Dr. J was through the roof. It's like, God, I'm not going to make that line in time for it before he leaves. <laughs> but um, it was just good to be in the presence of greatness on, on all fronts on, on, for those two. Mm-hmm. Number 19, the phenomenal one, AJ, AJ. Styles. That's right. Uh, number 18, one of my favorite wrestlers whom I imitate every 4th of July. And BJ can attest to that. Absolutely. Mr. I got a hold of five. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. HBK, Shawn Michaels. Number 17, the Four Horsemen. And we broke it down. When it, when it comes to the Four Horsemen, we're talking on Oli, Rick, and Tully. That's right. The original that's four. A, that's the Four Horsemen. And James A. Dillon. Knockoff. And J.J. Dillon. That's a knockoff. Anything else? Number 16, do love, Cactus Jack, Mankind, however you want to put it. Mm-hmm. It's all one guy. Four faces of Foley. Number 15, Mr. Damn himself, Ron Simmons. That's right. Number 14, Mr. Don't Forget the Hard Times, Dusty Rhodes. Number 13, Sting. Now, the, 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 the funny part about Sting, I remember a point in time in my life where I watched Sting almost on a nightly basis. It felt like wrestling NWA and he wrestled Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. And that daggone Sting a Splash with that Scorpion Deathlock. I couldn't wait to go to my grandparents' house to wrestle my cousin so I could put him in a Scorpion Deathlock. Yep. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. What everybody knows is the sharpshooter now. No, it's the Scorpion Deathlock. It will forever be the Scorpion Deathlock. <laughs> now, I will say that, you know, it was, it was a big fight because things, you know, are, could be argued in as the top 10. But what kept them out of that is uh, the result of somebody else because 
Uh, Sting came through. He put in his work. He's a franchise. You know, he's one, if not the only, um, of the, the Monday Night Wars era and predating and never jumped ship, never changed. He just ran that course of NWA, WCW proper, and the World Championship Wrestling. But that was this one factor that kept him out of the top ten, and we didn't cover that before. And that was because he was technically made, and you understand what I'm talking about. Well, I'll reference that a little bit later on when we get deeper into the countdown. He was technically made to main event. And then from that point on, he catapulted. So that was the only thing that kept him out of that top ten moment um, is that, you know, he, he had a, a springboard that was arguably one of the best um, springboards you can ever have, one of the best honors that can ever be done in uh, professional wrestling uh, or sports entertainment. Still always be one of my all-time favorites. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, he is. Without a doubt, he is. Number 12, the second-generation star in Jake the Snake Roberts. Mm-hmm. Number 11, Mr. Oh, yeah, dig it. Macho Man Randy Savage. It is 25 through 11. Now, before we jump into that top 10, I, I'm, I'm going to hold off on that for a second. I wanted to do something for the ladies because I was thinking, and it was a few ladies that came to mind that I didn't see in your top 25, and it's a lot of lady wrestlers that, you know, outshone some of the men. And I wanted to hear some of your – I wanted to hear your top ten women wrestlers. All right. And just as a quick reminder, you know, about the criteria, um, there's four things for the women that I looked at in judging this. Uh, the first one was uh, their pop and heat factor. Uh, the second was their impact on the business. The third was, as uh, mentioned before, the impact on pop culture. And for the women, the fourth one, I added the flow of matches because uh, it's, you know, a 20 by 20 ring in most WCW, WWE and, and WCW instances. So, you know, that, that's a lot of ring uh, for them to traverse. So those are the four things that I, I judged it by. And hopefully you guys will agree and Kevin won't be in the uproar this time about some of uh, my picks and where they place. So, <laughs> Oh, KG – KG KG is, is always in the upper. That's the only gear he has. The rest of them are straight. <laughs> oh, God. Well, it's good to know. All right. So, number 10 should be universal. Um, that is all of the women of GLOW, gorgeous ladies of wrestling. I mean, they, they, they laid the foundation uh, for what modern sports entertainment and the women's evolution and revolution was moving towards. They were ahead of their time, you know, from Kong and uh, Fiji and, you know, my personal girlfriend throughout the entire period uh, into now, which is Ivory. Um, you know, so Glow was, was huge. They have their, their Netflix show and one hell of a documentary about uh, Glow on Netflix as well. So for the listeners out there, if you haven't watched those two and you've just been watching modern programming and haven't looked back to see exactly what they were doing and how ahead of the curve they were, even uh, for what Vince was putting out uh, back then, you need to go ahead and check out the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Huge shout out to them. Um, now, because it's such a tight field of amazing talent, there will be some folks that are um, tied. Uh, and that starts with number nine, uh, my new boo, uh, Paige, who I hope that, you know, she has the, the blessing like Daniel uh, Bryan had and, and Shawn Michaels to be able to work that neck injury out and get the green light to come back. 
because she is one of the few pure talents in sports entertainment from the wrestling family over there um, back in the U.K. over to what she was doing over here. And she is also tied in with uh, a superstar that is very underrated, uh, but her performance is, is amazing, and she can really go, and that's Bailey. So mm. it'll be interesting to see. You know, we know Paige is now GM of SmackDown, which is great. I'm glad she uh, found an avenue to stay within uh, the programming. But it, it's Bailey is uh, on that Cena level in reference to the need, in my opinion, to heel turn. Not to develop and uh, just heel turn just because, not to sell T-shirts, but just like we saw and we talked about with uh, the immortal Hulk Hogan becoming Hollywood Hulk Hogan, that was a, a, a generational shift of you didn't know what to make of it until you saw it. And when you saw it, it just blew your mind and where they took it. And I think Bailey could be the same way. I think she could be one of the top uh, women wrestlers, uh, superstars in the business. But I think a heel turn, um, which they keep teasing Sasha over her, but I think she needs to turn on Sasha and go true heel. I think that would be uh, awesome for her career. Uh, number eight is another icon. Um, arguably, you know she should be in the top ten list, and that is, depending on which name you want to go by, Medusa or Alundra Blaze to whom, out of all the women that's on the list, her ability to break out into the mainstream of pop culture and, and, and uh, transcend the business, in my opinion, is bigger than any other woman um, that can ever be on the list because she went from professional wrestling to monster trucks, which is, you know, that, that's just a, a huge 180-degree transition in itself. But not only that, for her to excel and be awesome at it, um, and, you know, to have that truck and, you know, through the WCW engine at that time, which uh, put her in that avenue. And then she didn't just get in there and like, oh, this a, a formality or, oh, is this a cute, beautiful woman in a monster truck? No, she was actually competing and actually beating the guys uh, many times. So, you know, she took both seriously. I mean, she was also a trendsetter, bold enough to put that uh, women's championship in the trash can live on television. Um, which took a lot of courage and, and, and understanding that there could be repercussions or there could be more that could come out with it uh, to grow her career, which unfortunately her career didn't go as far as she would have liked initially. But, you know, that took a lot of courage. And, you know, seeing her Hall of Fame induction ceremony um, was, you know, amazing to see that, you know, the respect for what she did, even though it was like, oh, my gosh, you know, but considering ever coming off a pipe bomb from CM Punk and, kayfabe being broken left and right and all this Montreal screw jobs, you know, she was the first one to really uh, to, to join in a phrase from NXT shock the system. So, you know, she definitely belongs on the list along with these next two females at number seven. One of them also transcended the business into a, a different category that really nobody has gone for in depth uh, for lack of a better term. And that was China. And uh, the other one is on the other side of corner, like polar opposites in reference to performing um, China versus another one of my uh, crushes in uh, Molly Holly, who at her point, you know, before we got to the Nia Jax uh, moment that we have now, we're talking about body image and self-esteem. I mean, you know, Molly Holly was that first champion. You know, you looked at her and she was not, you know, uh, the swimsuit model. Um, mold, but what she did, you know, getting on the top rope and the molly go around and being able to really wrestle with whomever she was in there with, male or female, 
was awesome. And then we know China, she was just the first badass woman that just got in there and just beat a dude and didn't really matter. <laughs> you know, you say China, you know what's going on. And I believe in my heart at some point very soon, sadly, unfortunately, because she passed away. Um, but she will be in the Hall of Fame. She deserves to be. Um, Absolutely. If she, you know, doesn't go in as a, a group as Degeneration X, um, she should be in there on her own. I mean, it's, you know, you can't dismiss the China character. And that's what, you know, a lot of these things, uh, as we get into the top 10, you know, it's all about the character of the performer that you see, not the actual person. Um, even though she didn't do anything bad, she just went to porn. But uh, <laughs> that's still, you know, which, a big thing. Which wasn't bad. Yeah. So let's see that. Uh, I mean, you know, we could have took uh, X-Pac out of it. but <laughs> Yeah, but she, she had a couple of later scenes that wasn't too bad that he wasn't involved in. But, hey, I'm not going to say anything. This is just what I heard. Yeah, uh, I heard about it too <laughs> as it was playing. Um, and that's all I'm gonna say about that. All right, so uh, an- another duo at number six of uh, great performers and actually actual wrestling uh, potential. Uh, one of them definitely was a product of uh, Maryland Championship Wrestling, being Mickey James, and uh, also uh, tied at number six with her is Sasha Banks. Uh, Mickey being uh, one of the early trendsetters in the times when, you know, they were kind of pushing towards longer matches and not valets. Um, and then Sasha coming in and, and being able to benefit from people like Mickey James uh, putting in the hard work to be able to have immaculate, amazing matches with Bailey, um, with uh, Charlotte, and, you know, uh, other women superstars. So those two uh, definitely have earned their right. But there were still five more that were just a little bit stronger. Uh, and the number five, I was talking to somebody earlier today about the Dudleys and what they did uh, as an impact uh, to the women. And there was already one name that came to mind that, you know, you just had no choice but to bow down and say, I'm not worthy to watch this, you know, well above 60-year-old woman in May Young be put through a table by uh, Bubba Ray or into a trash can by Bubba Ray. I mean, they, oh, my God. And then she gave birth to a hand. Uh, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> Thank you, Mark Henry, for that. Um, that's, I mean, uh, if they were doing a damn thing back then, Ron Simmons should have just popped out. Damn. That would have been uh, perfect. And then also tied with her as one of her best friends uh, in the fabulous moolah, and her body of work speaks for itself um, from, you know, the earliest of early uh, putting in work um, and Long showing that women can be more. That's right. So those two, I couldn't split them up. They belong together starting at number five. But now we get into really, you know, the, um, the flow of the match, meaning how smooth it is, is are you watching it? Because sometimes, I mean, it may be great performance, but you see, unlike the men, there's like a, a, a half a second or a second's worth of break in the motion and the move and the connection, you know, coming off the top rope or when they're locking up in a collar and elbow or something, you can see there's just a little bit of a, a moment of, and a flow um, that, you know, these next uh, four superstars or, or groupings of superstars, you know, are able to just bridge that and give you a strong story as well as, you know, some great wrestling prowess. Uh, the first one, um, talking about, you know, uh, not judging a book by its cover is Awesome Kong. I know, Kevin, mm-hmm. we talked about her the other day, and what she was able to do was on that Bam Bigelow, um, Big Van Vader level of mobility. I mean, she just got out there and did stuff, and you're like, 
wow, at what size? <laughs> and then the other aspect of it, she was able to talk, which is, you know, one thing we talked about with uh, your, your boo, Nia Jax, um, you know, something that if she develops that, she'll be unstoppable. And, you know, to be able to grab the mic and capture the crowd and have them believe that you are larger than life on that, that Queen Kong level, and then you can back it up. I mean, the matches her and Gail Kim had were incredible in TNA. Uh, and they were beating WWF, WWE, and WCW women's matches many times over. So uh, Awesome Kong uh, definitely earned that, that top spot. Uh, but just above her are two women that in the WWE side of things are, you know, just uh, some of the best workers that they've ever had. Um, and that's uh, Natalia, who has trained majority of the up-and-comers from NXT or the ones that are in the main roster now on uh, SmackDown Live and Raw, as well as uh, one of the newest uh, products from uh, over the seas, uh, Miss Asuka. Uh, so they are, you know, two, in my opinion, at, at just tied. They haven't – Natalia has had some amazing matches, but she hasn't been given enough opportunity to do it on a consistent basis. And Asuka, I believe, is the same way. I mean, you put the right two uh, ingredients together, and those ladies can just make magic happen. Um, and they can actually lead the story um, of what you see versus it be just move after move. When you, if you watch Natalia, I mean, Natty is actually dictating most of the time the way the story is supposed to go, how it's supposed to draw the crowd in. And, you know, she is one of the few, uh, I guess you could almost say she's the equivalent of Ric Flair and how he would give of himself to make the other person look better. Um, and that, that's a huge thing. She doesn't get her props. She should be in the Hall of Fame now, to be honest. Uh, but there are, well, I'll call it three, but two spots for three women that are just above Natalia and Asuka. Coming at number two, um, on that AJ Styles level of performance, or Shawn Michaels level of performance, is Gail Kim. Um, and, you know, she had a, a, a small, significant run in WWE, but when she went to TNA and was actually able to go against, you know, some amazing superstars and wrestlers that WWE was not producing or showing at that level yet. I mean, she was having matches that was just better than the entire show. I would just fast forward. Well, let me see what Gail Kim's doing because everybody else sucks. <laughs> and, you know, that's in the midst of, and I, I say sucks loosely, but that's in the midst of AJ Styles being there. That's in the midst of beer money. That's in the midst of Samoa Joe. That's in the midst of the X Division. Uh, she was, you know, putting on a wrestling clinic um, from uh, just a performance standpoint. And uh, number one, and then you guys could tell me if you agree or disagree with this countdown, is a tie. And these two women are two of the best in the world currently at being able to perform athletically, as well as to be able to put on a great match, as well as, you know, uh, pop culture and, and, and interaction and, and, you know, impact on the business for what they can do. The sky is still the limit. And tied in number one, because I couldn't decide between the two or put them anywhere else is Naomi and Charlotte. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So that's, uh, in my opinion, uh, the top 10 uh, female wrestlers, sports entertainers of uh, the modern era. And, you know, there's a lot more than 10 names on there, but, you know, in those 10 spots, the, the, the category is so close, you can't really separate them. Um, like you could do the men because there's just so many. 
I mean, it's just uh, still very few awesome ones that are out there making a, uh, a grand scale uh, impact. Now, when I ask questions, ladies and gentlemen, it's as a pedestrian because, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I definitely haven't kept up with wrestling to the extent Don and KG have. Now, one name that I didn't hear on the list, and I'm just, you know, I, the names that I heard were definitely trendsetters. They're definitely what they did is important. But Trish Stratus. I know it was going to come. And same thing with Lita. I mean, there was some um, ladies that were honorable mentions. And I'm not taking anything away, but that's where, you know, I've really looked at that criteria. Um, I mean, you know, we know they got the pops, Trish, Lita, um, and, uh, you know, the, the Bellas and, and you know, others. Um, but then, you know, it's really what happened beyond that. Um, I mean, they were great in WWE as talents, but where were, what do we see broaden from that, even though they were part of the evolution? Um, so it was, it was hard to really, you know, put in and engage, but that's why I had to go by um, that fourth factor, uh, which was, you know, the flow of the matches um, wow. and, and, and how the match was told and stuff like that. And, Granted, if they would have had the same opportunity now where they can have a main event match that can go 30 minutes um, versus, you know, you got five minutes, go out there, do it, and then come back, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that they could have been on it. So I knew, that, as we talked about in the last show, there's going to be a lot of controversy um, and, you know, really weighing down uh, what I believe and, and, you know, holding true to those criteria. Because other than that, there have been three people or six people, you know, as number five, seven, and, and stuff like that. Well, I, I wanted to throw three names out to you, Don. Okay. That I, I didn't hear. Uh, to see China so low, I, I say low. I mean, seven is not really bad, you know, considering the company that she she's in. But you know, I, I, we've seen China beat men and win the Intercontinental Championship. And one thing about China that we some people forget is they forget she won. Actually, the WWE championship. I'm sorry, it was a WWF championship, but they stripped mm-hmm. her of it. Right. Now, most people forget that, but I didn't, to not hear Lacey Von Eric, Velvet yeah. Sky, and ODB. And I, I love me some ODB. <laughs> ODB is good, but her matches are, they just don't flow. And, you know, she's a brawler. She's in, she's, she should have been a Dudley. <laughs> you know, if she would have been in Dudleyville and ECW, I think that would have been a better fit. Um, Lacey and, and Velvet Sky, I mean, great performers, but I think these women, you know, are just a little bit better at it. Now, it doesn't mean that, you know, you know, performance-wise, it can't change and get better. It may have been opportunities. It may have been, you know, the length of time. I don't know. But, you know, like I said, there was a – man, I had like uh, almost 50 names. Um, that I had to, to narrow down to 10 because there was that many. I mean, it's not a shortage of women, but, you know, that last piece of the puzzle, which was just the flow of the match, are you able to tell a phenomenal story from bell to bell in a 20 by 20 ring, utilize the ring, and there is not that much of a movement gap. And, and you know, I challenge you guys to watch the, the product now and, and look for it as you're watching a match. And I'm not talking about where you have the slowdown period and, you know, you're bringing the, the, the crowd in and stuff like that. But really in the, the connection of, you know, when they're locking up or they're going for the next move, you know, sometimes I can see them call it out, 
you know, all those things are what I look at now as a smart mark on uh, programming. So, you know, I want to see it flow a little bit better opposed to an AJ Styles match or Shinsuke or, you know, somebody else that you just see it bang, bang, bang. And you, you forget that, you know, you've been watching it for a while and all you're seeing is just the story and you're into it, you know, and then, you know, whatever the finish is, you're, you know, happy or sad. And, you know, that's the, the next level that I think the women have to get to. And they've had a couple because, you know, that Hell in a Cell match or the Iron Man match um, or our women, woman match, you know, they, they took that and they, they told some phenomenal stories from beginning to end. Um, and there's uh, uh, one name in NXT that I think um, is going to make that possibly happen because she is able to just rub people that way as a heel. And that's um, the EST. I forget her whole name, and I apologize for that, but she's the EST in NXT. Um, uh, but uh, she has that potential. And we'll see what else comes out of the May Young Classic uh, because they, they've told some phenomenal stories during that period as well. But, uh Yeah. It was rough. I told you it was going to be some controversy and you know, maybe some interesting. Hopefully I can make it happen in the manager valet section because when we get to the top uh, 10, oh, it's going to be some brawling going on, I can tell you now. Well, let me ask you one more question. And this is just maybe – I'm not saying she's top 10 because she's just starting out. Um, what's your thoughts on Ember Moon? Uh, pure untapped potential. She's not, like you said, she's not there yet because she is, I mean, she's been wrestling for a while, but she's just now on, you know, main media and stuff like that. Um, same thing with Tessa Blanchard, um, even though she's over in uh, the TNA side right now. But just, you know, she is the, the evolution of what, if you were to combine both of those ladies, uh, Sasha Banks and a Charlotte. Um, oh. You know, and Ember, you know, man, uh, I hope at some point Stone Cold walked up to her and said, that's a nice finish there. <laughs> you know, it, it gave her, you know, the, the high five, um, like uh, DDP passed on the diamond cutter uh, to uh, Randy Orton. Because, I mean, what she's doing in there is, is phenomenal. The matches that she had with Asuka, I mean, you know, I was ready to almost break my TV because I'm like, there's no way Asuka should have won that match. But, you know, it's also on that same level of a Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa. I mean, you know, even though you may see it over and over and over, but what they're able to bring out of themselves, and Ember Moon is, is definitely able to do that. She just, you know, needs more opportunity to take it to that, that next level and then, you know, work a little bit more just like Naya on uh, her promos. And then, you know, she'll be where she needs to be at because that's the one thing we really are missing in a women's division because uh, the, the best promo, or which I guess is genetics, is uh, Charlotte. Um, nobody else can cut a promo and, you know, just, just make it something other than Charlotte Flair right now uh, without yeah. having somebody to, to bounce off of and communication when they're, when they're doing the scripting. You know, Charlotte can just say it, and then the way she says Sasha is like, oh, God, Sasha, if you don't punch her in the mouth, you know. <laughs> you, you, you ever wonder why? Oh, we, well, we know. You mean why, why she's that good? Uh, if anybody ever doubted why Sasha's so good on the mic, go look up uh, Ric Flair going back and forth with Jay Lethal and TNA. That oh, has God, got to be oh, the funniest promo. But Jay Lethal Ever. nailed it. Yeah, he did. He was, he was spot on. Here's the secret. Uh, I watched the interview, uh, and there was a moment, and you'll see it, um, that Flair actually got upset because um, you know, Jay was so spot on 
And that's what really took it from, you know, just a little bit of, uh, you know, a great little fun and rib to, oh, my goodness, these guys are really battling over, you know, who the better Flair character is. <laughs> and it was amazing. And I hope, <laughs> my God, I hope that Jay Lethal is actually, and his rumor is true, is, is signing a contract to be by WrestleMania and where he belongs in the <laughs> WWE. And I hope. We get to see that again, just like I hope we got to see Woken slash Broken, Matt Hardy, and hopefully Brother Nero. Don't, 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 don't hype me up like that. Don't, because. The rumor mill is out there. It is, we're like 50, 55% that it it strongly can happen. Anything can happen because technically we're right around the corner from the road to WrestleMania uh, starting to rev up. Um, SummerSlam is over and, you know, Hell in the Cells and all that stuff is going to start kicking in and boom. You know, we're, we're talking Survivor Series, and that's it. And See, new game has come out. So when a game comes out in October, uh, Rey Mysterio, normal trend. If you're on the cover or DLC character, you come back in some capacity. Um, so we should be seeing that. Rey may get, you know, Hall of Fame induction. Uh, what she deserves is well out of that. So <laughs> interesting times. But the thing with uh, Jay Lethal, I've been a fan, a fan of his since he was Black Machismo. Yes, I love that too. <laughs> and then when he became uh, him and Consequences Creed, they were lethal consequences. I thought that they were yep. a, a, a great tag team. Now take it for but the they, listeners. Tell them who Consequences Creed is. That is, ah, oh, geez. Um, I still call him Consequences. We just mentioned it. Yeah, I know. We just <laughs> mentioned it. I'm sorry. Up, up, down, down. Austin Creed. Yeah. He's a member. He's a part of the New Day. <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, uh, no, that's Xavier Woods. They say uh, Xavier Woods is uh, Virgil's son. No, no, that was rumor. That's a rumor? Yeah, I've, I haven't seen anything proven. I haven't seen those two together, let me put it that way. Could be. I, I haven't seen it, but uh, uh, I have to research I, that and check it out. You know, you know the reason why where I got that from, I got that off of Twitter. It was a, a, it was a, a, a Twitter jab that Virgil mm-hmm. had put out about teaching his son, and then they said uh, Xavier Woods came back and was like, you never taught me nothing. You were never there. And everybody was like, on edge, like, oh, what's going on here? So. Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely look at that. But if that was the case, then, you know, he, he uh, got a little bit of Million Dollar Man that rubbed off on him hanging uh, with Ted DiBiase because we know DiBiase got a promo as well. Indeed. Before the last. Indeed. So BJ, where are we gonna go? We're gonna go with that that well anticipated top ten, or are we gonna go with uh our top ten manager slash valet? Keep them in suspense, because I mean we've had some interesting stuff here. Might as well go into the manager valet just to get the ball hyped, and we got We got to build the intensity, uh, so the way when you know the arguments start uh, for ten versus one. Because you know, I'm gonna tell you now, Don, it's gonna be an all fair argument because I didn't hear Nia Jackson that. I'm going to argue I with you. I, I said I wasn't going to do it on air, but I'm going to argue with you. I know. I know. I'm sorry to break he gonna, your heart. He's going to argue you down to a T for his boo. That's his I know. boo. Right. Hey, we're going to have to fight over her like like we're used to with the with the, the, the chairs and stuff like that. So there's nothing that we have been through before. That's fine. It's I mean, it's it's <laughs> such a, a love affair with her. I let my daughter watch her. Whenever she wrestles, I sit my daughter down and say, hey, this is how you wrestle. You see how she moves. That's how I want you to move. Well, I'm, I'm with Don. Let's keep them. Let's keep them hanging. Let's jump into the 
the the managers, and then we go straight into that top ten wrestlers of all time. Let's go. All right. So something a little different. I'm gonna give you the honorable mentions because I don't want that to be. I didn't hear his name, you know, because there's some some amazing uh, manager slash valets out there. Um, but you know, honorable mention, Mr. Fuji. Honorable mention, Classy Freddie Blassie. Honorable mention, Sable. Um, honorable mention. Speaking of the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Honorable mention to Sonny. And honorable mention to probably one of the, the most uh, loud and annoying, um, but awesome, uh, and Bill Alfonso. So those are some honorable mentions uh, that, you know, were in strong consideration for the list. But here it is, top 10 managers and valets as chosen by myself, uh, the Don Rodriguez. Um, again, the criteria is pop and heat factor, impact on the business, impact on pop culture. So they're just those three. Um, and the first one was um, or is uh, Teddy Long. Player, player, <clears throat> player, player from the Himalaya himself, Mr. Teddy Long. We already know he's, he's just managed some of the best talents and Rodney Mack. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But I had to throw Rodney Mac in there just because Teddy wouldn't have his new theme song if it wasn't for Rodney Mac. Oh. So awesome uh, that Teddy kept uh, the Rodney Mac theme song as his own because it also make Teddy Long the Teddy Long character. Um, so uh, Teddy Long comes in at number 10. At number nine, making a two-peat tonight is actually China. Um, and, you know, she had to hit that list. Because, in my opinion, even though she did wrestle, she was a stronger presence as a manager valet than she was uh, the wrestler um, side of things. You um, know what? Now, with China, yeah. I, I, when I think of her as a manager, Triple H versus The Rock for the Intercontinental Championship, it was a ladder match. And Mark Henry was at ringside. And she kept Mark Henry at bay for a little while mm-hmm. until Mark Henry threw the, uh, threw the salt in Triple H's eyes. So, but and, and I mean, that's just that presence she had. She was a beast, <laughs> and then she was incredibly sexy. Thank you, Playboy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, just above her is uh, another juggernaut presence that can never be denied. Um, and if it wasn't for this person, uh, somebody that's on uh, the later list would not have been as effective. And that was uh, number eight, Paul Bear, Mr. Percy Pringle. Um, I mean, you know, you, you thought of a funeral, you had to go to a funeral. All you was waiting to hear is, oh, yeah. And I would have made your day at a funeral, but unfortunately it, it doesn't happen. Um, but uh, he made urns cool. And, um, you know, just to be ominous in that presence as uh, he walked down with The Undertaker, you know, you can't deny him being uh, on the, the top ten list. Uh, number seven, just because going back to what uh, – Kevs calls his greatest tag team of all time, the LOD. LOD would not have been as intense if it wasn't for Paul Ellering at ringside because, you know, Animal Hawk put that work in. But, you know, the Road Warriors, you know, you had that third component. So that, you know, attack point oh match. And they just went in there and, you know, made it happen. But Paul was that mouthpiece that set up Hawk and Animal to be able to put in uh, a great promo. At number six, uh, the Double J's, I couldn't separate them. They, they're equally as important to the industry, uh, and that being Jimmy Hart and Jimmy Cornette. 
Um, just can't argue with it. I mean, from all facets of every production that they were a part of, um, superstars have been born, theme songs have been made, scenarios, even, you know, uh, federations like Ring of Honor has popped up. So, I mean, these two gentlemen have been around for so long and they've seen so much that, you know, the amount of knowledge that they have gifted to all the um, superstars and wrestlers and athletes that have worked with them is phenomenal. But that's uh, 10 through 6. Number 5, bringing it in for the women. You can't argue with it. Her screech could be heard around the world, and she was hot and at the same time scary, uh, was uh, the sensational Sherry Martell. At number 4, and I'm sorry, I know it sounds crazy, but that's the only number I could put him at because that's where he belongs (laughs) when you hold up that hand, and that's James J. Dillon. Um, at number four, I mean, you know, he's a horseman, period. And that's all you have to say about that. Um, but um, what edged all of those folks out, it really came down to the impact on the business. And these three names impacted the wrestling, sports, entertainment, and wrestling business uh, more than anybody else, in my opinion, uh, when you talk at manager and valets. I mean, you know. If you say these names in places that, you know, wrestling is uncool, they'd be like, heard of them. Uh, Mm -hmm. Number three, ladies and gentlemen, his name is Paul Heyman, and he is the advocate for the beast. (laughs) He is also the father of ECW, the Heyman uh, gang, and everything else that's going on. Paul Heyman is arguably the second best talker um, in the business. (laughs) And the best talker is actually number one. I know a lot of people think Ric Flair is, I say, the best talker. There was one person, in my opinion, that could talk on the fly better than Flair, and that is number one in the manager valet list. So I'll let you get your brains thinking on that one. So Heyman comes in at number three. Number two is there should be like a statue erected that you just want to stare at, and you just want to hear pop and circumstance just playing 24-7. Because this woman, um, she walked down to the ring and, you know, that's just set up everything. You didn't mess with her. And that was Miss Elizabeth. Absolutely. Or, or Elizabeth. Yeah. Elizabeth. Um, so uh, Miss Elizabeth definitely, uh, without question, uh, is number two. But the best talker in the business, bar none, from as far back as you can research, um, is only one man and one man alone. And he is by far well than worthy of being a Hall of Famer, and that is Bobby the Brain Heenan. And number one as he should be. And that, that's the top ten. Lay it on me. What you're feeling? Tell me. You, I, I, had, I had Bobby Heenan number one in my head the whole time. Ah, okay. Yeah, so I, when, you, when, you, when you build up to that, I was like, okay. I was waiting for Bobby, the, the name to pop up. But I was like, oh, hold on, I might be on to something here. Okay, okay. <laughs> we may be Jay Would happy. You, you're a good you're you're a good humanoid for that one. <laughs> hey man. That's all I would like to be. Good. Hey man. Hey that I, I don't think it's too much argument with that list. I like I really like that list. Oh I think I, I do. I, I like the list. I really think you know everybody's kind of in place where they should be. I think they, you know, that list is, I stamp it legit, man. That's, I like it. I'll take I it. I love it. 
And for what? once, I have no issue with it. What? Nah. Uh, let me look outside. Recorded. Yeah, let me look outside and <laughs> see if it's snowing. It's not raining <laughs> down here in South Carolina, so we're good. No, nah, I have no issue with that because I mean, you 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 brought the heat with that one. Oh, my brother well, testified. Well, I know what you will have an issue with. Yes, and that's the top ten wrestlers of all time. <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't mention the criteria three times, so I'm gonna say it one more time because it really Please matters. Do. And ten versus one, and one is John Cena. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? All that's right. all we got for tonight. Because <laughs> so pop, pop culture, heat factor, um, and that is, you know, again, how much generation they get from the crowd as a, a, a baby face or heel um, impact on the professional wrestling sports entertainment business itself, and then how they were able to transcend that and have an impact on uh, pop culture. And I'm quite sure that you know. There may be some people that are going to get upset with what's going to happen here. So if you want to yell at me, as Kevin has already did with the last one, it's <laughs> at Don Rodriguez, D-O-N-R-O-D-R-I-G-E-Z. There's no U in Rodriguez, so feel free to uh, commit to yelling. But I guarantee you nobody will yell about number 10. And I actually just watched a video where they were yelling for him at uh, a recent TNA taping. Um, so it'd be interesting if he goes that way. And that is, in my opinion, one of the best entrances and theme songs in the business bar none. That is Y2J. Who in the blue hell are you? You have just made the list. Chris Jericho, um, who spanning the entire body of his work from promotion to promotion is one of the best workers overall in sports entertainment, wrestling and wrestling. You know, best debut, in my opinion, in WWE history. Um, and he's a new Japan icon, so he's killing it in the States. You know, he had tapes back in the day before everything was, you know, digitized and all that, you know, he had tapes coming over and people were wondering who is this guy from Japan that is just doing stuff that's ungodly amazing. And then that's how he got, you know, over to WCW because of his body of work in Japan. And he has not gone back on, um, you know, going over there. They actually asked him to stay longer, which, Rumor is that Vince is not happy with because, you know, he's running a longer stint over there in New Japan. Um, but, I mean, you know, he's just multiple, 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 multiple time champion. And then, you know, he's also got Fozzy um, going on at the same time. So Y2J comes in at number 10 without question. Uh, some may say he's higher, but we'll see. But then again, at number nine, this is where some people may say, what the hell is wrong with you? And some may say, well, at least he's in the top 10. We'll see what you two guys say, because number nine is going The Undertaker. The Phenom, we already know. Uh, he is one of the few people that can take a gimmick and make it his own and then make it transcend what the gimmick was supposed to be. And I'm just not talking about from a dead man walking. I'm talking from, you know, uh, when he's on a bike rolling down a Limp Biscuit. You know, you know, to the devil, um, to, you know, everything that he's done uh, now to the legend, the icon, um, even back, uh, you know, being the judge of wrestling court. You know, he, in many people's eyes, should be within the top three. Um, but, you know, the Undertaker in the business, just to defend my position and why you'll see there's some that a little bit beyond um, the Undertaker in the business, bar none, is one of the best and one of the greats. But when you think and you go out, 
into pop culture, how much Undertaker uh, Undertaker influence do you really see outside the I emo can, kids? Because you know, they were wearing they were wearing black yeah. already, but you know, and it's unfortunate because you know, outside of t-shirts and all that, you should see more. But you know, Mark Hallis doesn't do a lot of that stuff. You know, he may do an appearance here, you know, may do appearance there, and stuff like that. But there's not as much Undertaker out there, and that that like ah oh, that one thing put him in the top ten by default but at the same time held him back uh, for, you know, what he, in comparison to everybody else. Number eight, which arguably could be why the heck is he above The Undertaker? But then that last criteria explains that as well, and that is K's boy, Uh Mr. Hustle, Loyalty, and Respect, John Cena, coming in Uh number eight. In my opinion, he is the Hulk Hogan of the Millennials. You know, he's with bright colors. Um, I mean, you know, doesn't matter. Just like a Vicky Guerrero, which I'm quite sure I'm surprised y'all didn't say why isn't she on that uh, valet list. Um, Excuse me! You know, he garners as much heat when he comes out as he does pops. And that's why the two, if you listen carefully or if you're in the presence of when he's coming out, they almost drown each, each other out. And that very few people are able to get a hundred percent reaction. Not you know, oh, okay, these people like you know whomever, and then that's all you get, and everybody else is quiet. He's getting a hundred percent reaction when he comes out. Which, as a sports entertainer or wrestler, that's what you want. You want a reaction um, instead of uh, you know anything else. So you know, John Cena got that, and then he he has transcended the business and the pop culture. You know, I don't even have to explain. You know, how many people have seen John Cena, you know, movie commercials and just a Ferdinand um, voiceover and TV host. And he's a brand ambassador for uh, several parts of China, you know, reality star. I mean, he's transcended the business the same way, in my opinion, that Hulk Hogan has. And that's why I call him the millennial um, comparison to the immortal Hulk Hogan. Uh, Somebody at number seven that could be argued should not be on this list, but I argue that they should. Um, and at number seven is the beast incarnate, Brock Lesnar. What really edged Brock onto the top ten list and, hmm. and, you know, put him in this criteria is because, in my opinion, he is the first to be successful at bridging UFC and wrestling together. Nobody else, I mean, Ken Shamrock, amazing, um, you know, for what he was able to do. We had Dan Severin and you know, uh, uh, other superstars, Ronda Rousey, you know, Shayna Baszler, you know, all these uh, um, athletes from mixed martial arts come over, but nobody has had the impact. And even now, just the, you know, the audacity, it's not really audacity, but I say it because of I'm keeping kayfabe going, um, to be able to say, you know what, I could be WWE champion and I could go over to UFC, knock somebody out and have that belt and walk around with both of them and what you're going to do about it, you know. Nobody else can do that or has been able to, to have that level of influence to be able to just walk across the street, in essence, show up at a UFC pay-per-view, have the heavyweight champion that just won say something. You walk into a ring that you are not contractually able to be in and then talk shit. <laughs> Period. Dot. You know, that put him on the list just because, you know, he has transcended the business uh, for that sports entertainment part. Uh, so well that, you know, it, it's without question um, that, you know, 
So still the sky's the limit. He's young enough to do a lot and actually win, which I'm quite sure is in training camp now, to win the title and then turn right around and come back with the UFC title because I know there's going to be some conversation. It's good for business. Dana White, I know he sees a big check if it happens, as well as uh, Vince sees uh, money at a WrestleMania match. I mean, you know, you just cross-promote that way like it used to be, and, you know, that would be amazing. But uh, that's Brock coming at number seven. Number six is a group, um, and it's still the original trio proper, uh, and that's the NWO. Uh, they had to be on that list. There's, there's no question about it. There was no way to separate them because they would be in different positions. Um, but the NWO as a group, when it came down to uh, entertainment, I mean, we've already talked about their impact on the world and the business, um, and that's without question. So number six is the NWO, black and white proper. And now we get to the top five, and you can inhale and exhale, and we'll see uh, how you feel. Uh, number five, what? Number five, what? What are you saying here, kid? Um, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Fine. Um, oh, and I shoot. consider Steve Austin or the Stone Cold character to be the most impactful character of all time. And that's over The Undertaker. That's over Cena. That's over um, the Hulk Hogan character. Um, even almost to an extent, almost to an extent of the Mr. McMahon character. Because Stone Cold... And that character, you know, just how you had Dusty being, you know, the working man, everybody man, um, you know, people saw Stone Cold as me, and I want to go in and beat the hell out of my boss, but I can't do that for legal reasons, so I'm going to watch Stone Cold beat the hell out of Vince <laughs> every Monday and get it all out. And that's, that's what's going to make it awesome, you know. And then just talking about that, you know, those matches between him and your boss, which, you know, Vince is amazing for doing that, you know, to, to be able to go out there and do what you want, say what you want, drink beer, you know, all those things were back of the house stuff. But now you're seeing it come out, no colors, no frills. The most you have was uh, the graphic uh, and the blue on uh, his jacket or if he was wearing one of his T-shirts, uh, which still is the highest selling uh, superstars material of all time. You know, he doesn't have five. to wrestle and he's still getting checks. Yes, he's at five. Because there's four people that have done something so awesome over Stone Cold. Um, and I like the Broken Skull Ranch, uh, you know, show that he's got going on, too. Um, but number four, you'll start to see why and how I'm talking about there, there's, you know, four people that have just gone so far beyond that Stone Cold is, is awesome. But, you know, they're in a different league. Number four is the only man, in my opinion, and I've seen a, a lot in person um, from the, the Attitude Era, you know, the, the NWA all the way up to now um, in sports entertainment that can walk into an arena, his music hits, he gets on a top rope and can just stop and pause. And for 10 minutes consecutively, all you hear is chants. Don't have to say anything, just straight. He Then at this point, I'm about to give it away, takes a look to the left, takes a look to the right, raises his eyebrow, and that's another 10 minutes of just <laughs> chance and pop. And that's the way to rock Johnson. You know, that alone says it all. And you can see the difference between Stone Cold and The Rock. Because Austin gets it, but The Rock can just be there. And he's the only person right now that can come in and break the PG-13 rating. 
um, loosely, and there's no repercussion. Because what you're going to do, one of his movies makes more than Vince can ever pay him. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. He doesn't need the money. I'm the rock. You know, if he wanted to be that way, he could be that way. But at four. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm upset. At four. I'm at upset. Four. The next three, you should understand, it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, the next three people inhale again and be prepared at Don Rodriguez with no you and Rodriguez. Um, number three, and this is the fight of a lifetime, right? This is a true triple threat match, is Mr. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. As a performer and as an icon, as a visionary, I mean, we know there would be no the business if it wasn't for Vince consolidating the territories and doing something dramatic like putting on WrestleMania and leading it all the way up to now, you know, what we're seeing, a network and, you know, all these things going on. I mean, you don't have to sell Vince's uh, accolades, even though I'm quite sure he would love to hear it. Um, and I can picture him as I'm talking about him now with that little grin on his face um, being a genetic jackhammer. Um, but, you know, <laughs> VKM, you know, a lot of people, if you want to go back, I mean, I still remember the times when, you know, he had that match uh, or at the end of the Monday Night Raw many moons ago, and he, you know, Stone Cold was beat down. I think he was handcuffed to the uh, uh, the turnbuckle, and he's just in his face. This is it, Austin. This is it. You have no chance, no chance at hell of getting a championship. And then next thing, you know, near, near, You know, it's like, holy shit, we just got a theme song out of that. And now it's, you know, even more iconic than he is because um, you hear that and, you know, love him or hate him or whatever. You know, that, that song is just uh, amazing. So Vincent Kennedy McMahon is number three. And now there's only two names left. And well, give me a second. I'm, I'm trying to get off the floor. Just give me. <laughs> oh, stay on the floor, dude. Stay on the floor. Because oh. this battle, I don't understand how I was able to conceptualize which one was greater until the music hit. And uh, you'll understand in a second. I talked earlier and at number two, about a man that Sting would have been higher if he would have created and molded his character. But if it wasn't for this man doing the honors and giving Sting the biggest catapult of all time, in my opinion, um, then there would be no icon Sting. And that was in the Nature Boy Ric Flair coming in at number two. Wow. And that's, that's big. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> really would argue that, you know, Nate should be number one, especially now he's in rap videos and, you know, stuff like that. I mean, we know he's number two uh, of, time world of all time. That's all you have to say. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. If you read his book, you'd be surprised at how many people he has wrestled, how many parents of current superstars and grandparents he has wrestled. You know, he is out of that school that he can, if it wasn't for his recent health um, issues, him and Ricky Steamboat could still put on a 90-minute match and it would be believable. You know, if, if they were physically able and he was cleared, he would wrestle right now with no question at all or be in the Royal Rumble for 45 minutes. And it would be believable that Nate could still put that work in. Um, so, Ric Flair, I know it's number two, um, but there is one man that the character is so immense and it transcended the world when i say the world i'm talking worldwide on a level that is irrefutable and that is the real american hulk hogan oh. and 
you say what you say, but you know Hogan, you know came out through the, the WWE machine, and there's not a country you could go in that red and yellow would not matter. That you know you had Chinese, Japanese, you know what I'm saying Korean, you know all these other nationalities in Africa singing "I am a real American." <laughs> In their native tongues or, or in English, if they learned it, or learn English to be able to sing, I am a real American. You know, I mean, that Hogan character is bigger than any other character in the business. Um, and then took that character and turned it upside down and reinvented a whole other Hogan character in Hollywood Hulk Hogan. So now you've got two Hogans out there that have transcended, you know, the world and then they could go back and forth and merge as one. And you can watch him on one show. He's real American. You watch him on another show. He's Hollywood. And you're still popping irregardless for the character. Now, I know he said some questionable stuff not too long ago. And I was about uh, to ask you about that. But, you know, at the same time, in the top 50, Chris Benoit is on my list. And that's just because I'm judging it by the character as the Chris Benoit and not as the individual Chris Benoit. Okay. And that, that that right, I was going to ask you about Chris Benoit, but we'll talk about that off air because I still consider Chris Benoit, no matter what he did outside of the ring, one of the most technically proficient wrestlers Absolutely. to ever hit the squared circle. Him and Absolutely. Dean Oh, God, yeah. You know, man of a thousand holes. I agree. But they were just great at that, at what they did, and the transcending of the business is what kept them out of the 25 or their – impact on a the business there was some that impacted more and that's what kept them out of the top 25 but trust me they were in that 30 to 25 range um you know for you know all the names that i had um listed as i was putting them all in order uh but yeah i mean you know uh hogan you know it was a hard fight between him and nature boy but you know rick flair is, is amazing to the sports entertainment and wrestling world rick flair like i said he's in music videos and a good portion, especially in the South, you know Ric Flair because of where he's from. But if you, you know, you see those colors, you know, you know what it is. You know, if you, you, you see the hair, the balding hair, you know who it is. If you hear the song, you know who it is, you know, either one of them. Uh, so that's what really put, you know, Hogan through to be number one. Okay. That's, now, that's 10 versus that- one right there. Now, a quick question from me about the number one. The the guy that I think on this list that has a opportunity that's probably worldwide on the same level as far as recognition, I think would be The Rock. Do you think he has a chance to clip Hogan at number one at some point in his career? Unfortunately, for what he's done in Hollywood, yeah, he's already eclipsed Hogan. That's without question. And we're not talking about the money aspect. We're just talking about the pure, high-quality product that the, hot, that the Rock has been a, a part of that Hogan wasn't, you know, right. even down to the Disney aspect. But, you know, that's where he lost it and the momentum, in my opinion, versus the impact um, of Hogan and pop culture is because Hogan is just an entity of, you know, everybody understands Hulk Hogan. You know, young, old, 80, you know, 15, you know, you know Hulk Hogan uh, in some capacity, and especially, you know, in, in uh, the millennial age and uh, the, the, the baby boomer and stuff like that. You hear I'm a real American, you know, you don't even care who sung it. You know, that's Hulk Hogan's theme song. You know, like I said, I hear Voodoo Child and I don't think Hedrick's. <laughs> I think Hogan, I think Hulk Hogan. Yeah. you know, 
And that's what really put him above and beyond is, you know, he's just, you know, maybe 10 years from now, that may not be the case. But, you know, there's also rumors if the NWO doesn't make a return, you know, that's just going to put Hollywood in a whole nother level and the potential to join Nature Boy and being a two-time Hall of Fame inductee. So, you know, and I think the only way that um, X-Pac gets a Hall of Fame ring is through the NWO Avenue or through um, DX. DX. So if they Hall of Fame, you know, NWO, because I'm not going to lie to you, as much as I love uh, watching a Hall of Fame ceremony, they are running out of people to put in uh, that will sell out arenas. So that could be part of, you know, that package, which would put Hogan, who can still wrestle, um, and, and still, best of my knowledge, medically cleared. Uh, Hall and Nash, uh, I'm quite sure, could be help, medically cleared. Definitely Hall through the magic of DDP Yoga, who I got to also see last week. Cool, um, cool. Five five. So uh, that's it. Controversy uh, created no cash for me, but <laughs> it's going it's to create a lot of, uh, you know, I may get a lot of heat. I may be on the list next time for uh, all the heat that I just caused by uh, this top 25 list. But, you know, just know out there listening public that I, I didn't take it lightly. I took it very seriously. It wasn't just something I just, oh, let me just throw some names in there to, to cause, you know, some conversation. It, it's, you know, really important. And I look at the business now, not from what the, the product is, but how is it produced now? You know, I go to a live event, I'm watching the lighting, I'm watching the pyro. I'm listening for the rumble box. I'm watching the cues. I'm looking for all those things because I want to see the product be produced and see, you know, what the production value of it creates uh, in reference to fandom. Well, well, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. Um, Very interesting list all the way around the board. Uh, Definitely creating some controversy, some names you agree with it, some names that you you're sitting there scratching your head, but uh, that's what we do, baby. You know, um, excellent job by Don. Once we post the link to the show, uh, we'll definitely post everybody's Twitter account. Like Don said, you can come at him, ask him what he thinks and why he was thinking that. And I'm sure he'll gladly break it down to you. So, yeah, because he got a lot of breaking down to do to Mr. Hard to Handle. Hey, <laughs> hey, KG. Yeah. Okay, G, we're going to close the curtain on this show. Uh, let all the good people, good listeners know the platforms we're on and uh, where they can find us at on uh, the social media platforms. Okay. Well, of course, you can hear us right here on Anchor FM. Uh, you can hear us on Radio Public, Breaker, CastBox, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Cast, the newly Spotify. Google Podcast, or if you already had us in the Google Play Store, and the Google Play Music was still there. But if you didn't and you have a Google phone, we're in the Google Podcast, and we're also under iTunes Podcast. You can contact us on Twitter at Sideline Junkies, uh, Facebook, Sideline Junkies colon Podcast, email, Sideline Junkies 24 7. That's 247 at gmail.com. Ladies and gentlemen, like I said, once we post the uh, link to the show on Twitter, we'll definitely give everybody's uh, Twitter handles out. So you can, if you want to, you can 
hit one of us up personally about the list or you want to talk to Don or KG about it, everybody's Twitter handle will be on there. Um, we'll do it for the Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram accounts. And so you have access. And also, like, if you want to email us, like Kevin said, tw- sidelinejunkies247 at gmail.com. Fellas, excellent work, Don. Excellent list. Money, on the money. And we'll definitely uh, – we definitely got some things to talk about for real. <laughs> Absolutely. It's not over. We'll be uh, doing a lot more uh, wrestling opportunities, covering some of the major events and, and other things that may happen uh, over the course of uh, this – wrestling year and beyond so i appreciate you guys reaching out and taking the time to give me the platform to talk about one of my first true loves and uh, i'm quite sure it is for you guys as well absolutely absolutely this is this is definitely not the end um i would we love for you to be here weekly talking wrestling talking gaming talking whatever's on your mind brother you know definitely bring the show up a notch and uh we appreciate you absolutely KG? Yes, sir. My man. Appreciate you, man. Uh, no problem. It feels good to be back and pain-free so I can actually flap my gums again. Amen to that. Fellas, everybody be safe. Have a good weekend. We uh, Sideline Junkies will be back on tomorrow. NFL talk. Um, big, so a lot of big trades. So definitely join us tomorrow and uh, catch up on the, uh, all the latest NFL, NBA news, whatever you need, we got it. So for myself, BJ, KG, and the Don, that's Sideline Junkie Saturday afternoon. Everybody have a good night. Good night, everybody. Good night, good night.